I'm really excited for this episode because it's one of those episodes where you definitely know what you're talking about. We'll see. Uh, and I have no fucking clue. Well, like, you have, like, an idea of where you want to go and, and you're just, like, trying to convince me. It's like the Frozen episode. Maybe. I, I think you, you might be surprised at how little I understand about my own concept. Hello, and welcome to Fools in Fiction. We are the Fools, and this week the fiction is five games about climbing up mountains. Uh, I th- This is one of the episodes where I have somewhat of an idea of what's happening. Joe has very little of an idea, and I, like lecture at Joe about what I think is going on, but then he like provides intelligence into the discussion. So I've got like a, I don't know if I put this in the cold open, but the phrase I used was a quarter baked idea and Joe will turn it into a three quarter baked idea. So, uh, so I have written down a thesis about these games and this is, I've written this thesis so that it sounds very heady, but I think that it actually is saying exactly what I want it to be saying. Um, so, by the way, the games we're going to be talking about are Celeste, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, The Witness, Hatch, and A Short Hike. Uh, so I, I've written uh, as if I were writing an essay. I guess, so, the, okay, wait, side note. First, there were normal essays, like on paper. Then someone came along and created video essays. What are What are we doing? What is this? It's. I don't think it's a podcast essay. I think it's a podcast... Audio essays? It's not going to be an essay, though, as evidenced by me breaking the flow to it's like a... question it. <laughs> Audio <laughs> shit show. Uh, it, it is... Oh, no, 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 no. What's the word for this? Hold on, hold on. Uh, a dialectic? I don't think it's a dialectic. Unless I'm confusing that with Hegelian dialectics, which is... What is the... A dialectic, as far as I know, is when you have two... It's the setup of having two different ideas, and then a uh, you you have the thesis, the antithesis, and then there's a third idea that is the synthesis of them. But that could be Hegelian dialectics. Wait. What is Hegelian dialectic? I didn't mean dialectic. I meant dialogue, which is what uh, we were talking about. I think that has to do with Marxism. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I think that I think that our our lack Fuck. of understanding of of words and concepts uh, defines the the extent to which this is an essay. But to the extent that it is an essay, the thesis <laughs> may be. Although my, the whole point I think is that it'll be refined. Without further ado, through their differently designed movement systems, there we go. these games prompt the player to realize the same action of climbing a mountain through very different sets of conceptual and physical motions is my, that is the thing that I'm thinking about. And like, I think the, the question I immediately had when I wrote that is why is that interesting? Why is that important? What does it say about game design or blah, blah, blah. And I don't think it has to say anything. I think it's just interesting that they, in, in normal words, what I'm trying to, what I think it will be interesting to talk about is all these games have a different uh, movement system, like 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 controls and moving the avatar around and all that stuff. And that each different movement system lends itself to imagining the same action of climbing a mountain in very different ways. And you get a different perspective on it 
mostly by just the design and the movement system. And I think that's, I think that's kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. do we just want to go through these games and talk about their movement systems and kind of the, the experiences that they engender? Sure. Is there any, is there any way we can make this more interesting? Uh, um, is there some? We we have to do it in ten words or less. It's gonna be a short podcast then. I think I think we can. <laughs> uh, no, just the just the description. I don't I don't quite know what you mean. Like you said, describe the movement. Yeah. So like, you have to. Maybe maybe we like discuss it and then we sum it up in ten words. Okay, okay. So let's start with. So this is an arbitrary order. Uh, so Celeste, this is a game mm-hmm. both of us have, have played a lot. I've written. Uh, so what I what I've written, I'll just read out what I wrote in my notes and then we can talk about it. It's got very, to me at least, it feels like precise and timed movements. Um. Hmm. In addition, there's uh, the actual style of moving up the mountain is very linear and like very direct. Like you move from this screen to this screen to this screen uh, for almost the whole game, which I think makes the transition to Mirror Temple and Reflection, which comes right after Mirror Temple, so interesting. Where it's it's all of a sudden you're in Mirror Temple, you're like, oh shit, I have no idea where to go, what I'm missing, what to do, and then Reflection it's still you still have all these different options all these different screens but there's it feels less like you're trapped in a maze and more like you are free to explore more options and i think that both of those come from that expansion out of the movement system of not the movement system of your actual avatar i mean for this bit of it but like the uh the movement from screen to screen Okay. So, um, I I think that makes sense, especially because, um, fuck, reflection has like a couple of really big open um rooms in it that branch off into other stuff. Yeah, and also all of the like, whenever you take a path, it doesn't really matter. Like you get to the same end goal. It's just like the different obstacles in the rooms. Meanwhile, in Mirror Temple, uh, uh, <laughs> hairball, um, like you have to take a certain path, um, and it's like, like, like where, there's dead ends but, essentially. Or are there dead ends in Mirror yeah. Temple? Yeah, there's 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 it, best ways not, of going about. So it. I, so I've been doing deathless attempts of Mirror Temple, so I know a bit about it. And there's definitely, like, a lot more backtracking in it. Um, and, a, like... Yeah. A, a lot more obstacles to your movement. So, in a couple of um, things with the Watchers, like, you just have rooms that have blocks strewn about everywhere. And the point of it is to block the Watchers. But, like, you also don't get to just move as freely as you do in Reflection. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. So, uh, 
Shoot, I had something clever I was going to say. Now I'm now I'm leaving my body. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little <laughs> rocky start to the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> it's t- my people need me. Uh, yeah, so I think I think that uh, okay, I remember now. Um, so I think that that kind of transition between. Well, I, I think I think that also the the very precise timed movements um, that that you do throughout the different screens or like inside each individual screen um, before that kind of lends itself to the narrative of um, I think that Madeline, while she doesn't know exactly why she's climbing the mountain at the beginning, I think that she thinks that it's that she's that she's identified the exact right thing to do and she's identified the exact path that she needs to do to take it and she won't be deterred by Madeline. And so she's going to be doing these exact things to achieve this exact end. And I think that that is mirrored in the way that the levels are very linear and you have to oftentimes figure out the exact right movement to get up to the ledge. And there's only one movement that is, that makes that possible unless you're like speed running and and know new strats and stuff. Um, well, I, I think the big thing about that is that, um, it, so I like saying there's an intended way to play Celeste is kind of odd, but like assuming that there is an intended way, quote unquote, um, would be saying that you're supposed to do all of the A sides first and then all of the B sides. Oh, I didn't think about the Um, different sides at all. (laughs) I forgot that was a thing. And so... The the fact that, like, in the B-sides, you learn more movement mechanics, and, like, in core, um, you learn more stuff that I think, like, when you are first playing the game, um, there all only seems to be one way to do a room. Oh. But as you play it more and more, uh, you realize how to beat it. And that goes hand-in-hand with, like, Oh shit! The fact yeah, that in between mirror temple and reflection, um, Madeline like thinks she has this really good idea of what she's doing, and then Madeline just like sends her to the fucking pit, um, and so now you have like this more freedom because you don't know what you're doing and you yeah. don't have like a set plan. And that's 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 mirrored in reflection being very branching and not maze like, but just like open, and you don't like. That the, there's no like, in in reflection there is very few like. You have to get to, like, I'm sorry I'm saying like so many times, in um in the first one in the first chapter whatever it's called. Every room essentially is a little puzzle, right? Uh, Forsaken City, I think. Yeah, yeah. In Forsaken City, every room is kind of a puzzle. It's like, okay, how do we get from the bottom left to the top right or whatever direction it is? And there's often a platform and you often have to do some maneuvering. Whereas in reflection, the question is, where do I want to go? Uh, and not in the sense of where do I want to go in the in the mirror temple sense of this is a maze, I'm trapped, I'm trying to get out. But like, I have options, which way works best for me, right? And I think that that like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think you summed it up perfectly. 
but I, that just totally mirrors the the way that Madeline ends up climbing the mountain is by using an, an option that uh, that she didn't realize was available to her. So I think that's pretty cool. I also think that um, uh, a really good uh, part of Celeste is moving beyond the mountain in the story. Um, and that core is kind of part of the mountain, but like you've already summited it, so what more is there? And then Farewell is you know, completely um, outside the scope of the mountain. And those are, like, probably the most defining things for Madeline's character because she's moved mm-hmm. past the mountain and is now, like, dealing with herself. But interestingly, um, she's still using the like same... Very... Like, you're, you still are... You're still climbing a mountain in Core and Farewell. Or you're using the same actions that you did to climb a mountain but not in the context of climbing a mountain anymore. Yeah. Well, because I think the thing is, like, you know, in chapters one through seven, like, you were using the mountain as, like, uh, a different medium to address uh, Madeline's own, like, insecurities and problems. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Core and Farewell, um, you're dealing with them a bit more... Uh, explicitly yeah and this kind of gets tangled up in farewell when like the bird is granny and then it's like wait it's not um but it's still much more direct than um the base game yeah i i think we've probably said all we're gonna say about celeste for the moment uh we can like compare the these other ones to it and its movement systems and its mountain climbing and all that stuff but uh that yeah that the, the, the stuff that you have said has made me realize more things about it. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I'm introducing this framing, uh, because it is making us, it is making me think, um, let's talk about getting over it with Bennett Foddy. So this is a, no. So comparing Celeste and getting over it with Bennett Foddy is something that has been done before. Uh, by notably by Patricia Taxon, I I really recommend it, uh, the internet and Joe to check out her video on it. Um, she's fairly anti Celeste, which is really strange and something I disagree a lot with her about. But the oh, no. the way that she uh, understands the difference between getting over it with Anavati and Celeste is really interesting. Um, but anyway, the uh, uh, we never did the summarize in ten words. Should we drop that bit or should we do it? Oh fuck! Uh, let's do it real quick. Um, movement equates. Fuck. Um, I don't. I don't know if God, this, this is a good like bit show, but even harder. You know what? I agree. Scrap the bit. It's bad. All right. All right. We're, we're moving on. N- no offense to your your bit skills, but this I don't know if that one is the solid one. Um. Okay. 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 So I don't think so either. So if you don't know what getting over it with Bunny, oh my god, we should have explained what Celeste was for her, people who don't know. Uh, Do you, people not know what Celeste? I guess people probably know what Celeste. It's a, it's a it's a platformer. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about it before. Listen yeah, yeah, yeah. To okay, episode. exactly. Yeah, we we've we've talked about it in in detail before. Uh, 
Okay, so getting over it with Fadi, surely you internet people know what this is, but if you don't, it's a rage game created by the evil man himself, Bennett Fadi, who brought you Quop. Um, in getting over it with Bennett Fadi, you play as Diogenes, the Greek uh, philosopher, uh, inside of a cauldron. As Wait, he... really? That's the... Yes. It's supposed to be Diogenes? It I is didn't Diogenes. Know that. That's his name. They, he's referred to it in game as Diogenes. Whack. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I guess I guess spoilers for getting over it with Menifati. But yeah, you're Diogenes. You're inside your bucket, <laughs> and uh, you start. You've got a Yosemite hammer, and you are uh, you are climbing up what begins as a mountain but turns into a kind of scrap heap of Unity assets as the game progresses, and then turns back into a mountain which is interesting on its own. But the whole idea of the game is that the controls are both very simple and very difficult, and there are no checkpoints. There, there's some like natural checkpoints in terms of like where the slope is steeper, um, but there's no, it never, it always is saving your game. And if you fall, you have fallen. And Bennett Fadi mocks you with, uh, with, with uh, folk music, with Appalachian standards. Um <laughs> So if you've ever played Quop, you can kind of imagine what the movement feels like. It's just the first time I was playing it, it was just so frustrating because it felt like I had no control, but I knew that everything that was happening was my fault, essentially. I don't know why I said essentially. I, I said what I meant to say. Um, but the the really interesting thing about this game and the reason I keep on coming back to it um, in fact, I'm just getting over with getting. I used to speedrun getting over it. Right now, I'm in like 300th place or something. Um, the really interesting thing about it to me is at some point you hit a threshold and it becomes just like the difficulty just disappears. Um, and like you still might not be as fast as the world record holder or whatever, but you. Just like it's like you've just gained this skill suddenly, like when you learn how to ride a bike and you can't like remember what it was like to not know. With getting over it, you just know how to control the how to move yourself left and right. You don't have to think, oh, I need to swing my hammer this way. You just go over to the left or to the right or up. And uh, once you've made that kind of leap and you get to the end of the game, it really feels like your own accomplishment because there was no railroading essentially there like there was no the game felt like it was always against you so when you finally beat it you really have beaten it or at least it feels like that and that like to me getting to the top of the mountain and getting over it felt more like actually getting to the top of a mountain than Celeste did um because there was there were more consequences. Um, this is not this is not anti-Celeste. This is a comparison. Oh shit! I've dropped my magnets. Oh shit! I just realized I've been playing oh, with the magnets. Oh son of a bitch! Um, I think they're small enough that they're not making a sound though. Where are they? One second. <laughs> God, this podcast is off to a great start. Uh, have you played getting over getting with getting what shit? Getting, where are they? <laughs> getting with Ben and Fonny. Uh, getting it with Ben and um, Fonny. 
Have you played that game? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have like played just enough to hate that game. Um, I did not beat it. Like I didn't get past anything. Um, I just played it, and I was like, God, I hate these controls. So something that's um, interesting to me is a lot of people say that the controls are unpredictable and random, but it, that's just not the case. Like when I watch, this is this is gonna sound like I'm bragging. Um, when I watch people like on Twitch playing it, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't do that at all. I didn't. But like, because I'm so here, I am sounding like I'm bragging because I'm like at it, relatively attuned to the controls. I can see like the mistakes that they're making and what causes each thing that seems like it doesn't have a cause. So it kind of in getting over it, you kind of get to a place where you feel superior to other people in a way that doesn't happen with Celeste, unless you're like doing some sort of super like task strat or something. Um, and I think that, that, that that's interesting. That's something that the movement system of getting over it, uh, creates that the movement system of Celeste doesn't is this like it's easier to brag about being good at getting over with Bennett Fadi than it is to brag about being good at Celeste do you feel that yeah because I think I I agree because well I I think they're like both difficult because I think oh yeah for sure um like when when I do crazy movement in Celeste like and I talk to you or Sean about it or whomever, it's like, holy crap, that's really cool. But, like, it's very hard to under... Like, I think it's harder to understand what is so difficult about it. So, like, um, there is a trick in the game uh, called demo dashing. Um, and it's basically, if you crouch in midair and then do a dash uh, within two or four frames, I forget which, um, you maintain your crouch hurt box so you can like slip in between things that you shouldn't normally be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing it is really hard, and there's places in the game... Uh, where if you do it, like, it has to be pixel perfect. Um, and so I've done some, like, pretty crazy off-the-cuff demo dashes, and, you know, to Sean or to you or to people that, like, understand the mechanics of this game, it's really hard. But for Bennett Foddy, like, you start off playing that game, and, like, the controls don't have as much depth as Celeste on, like, the outlook of it. You're just like, oh, I swing my hammer. And yeah, for the sure. depth is something you get used to playing it. Um, and, like, you know, you with Celeste, you are far less likely to accidentally demo dash and, like, yeah. see something important about it than you are in Bennett Foddy to accidentally fuck yourself and, like, ride the snake or whatever. There's... Um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of... In Celeste, there's a ton of different ways you can move around. There's dashing, there's grabbing, there's climbing, and everything has different stamina points associated with it, and you can upgrade your movement by getting to the end. Getting over it with Bennett Foddy, all you do is learn one 
way of movement. It's just a difficult way of movement. But once you've got it, you got it. So I think in in some ways, getting over it with Bennett Foddy yeah. is a lot easier than Celeste because you're only learning one thing versus having to put in all this conscious like thought into choosing which way you're moving and and uh, like routing essentially i guess in celeste mm-hmm. whereas Bennett Foddy, you 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 even when you're doing some crazy move you're still just swinging the hammer um and you never do anything other than swing the hammer uh so so i think that it's interesting that it's easier to brag about getting over it with Bennett Foddy when it still is in my mind an easier game than celeste because it just it just like has the appearance of being a bigger accomplishment, even though it might not be. Yeah, and I also think that like this just talks about how in platformers you like at some point you just instinctively grasp how to move, like. Um, one of the really interesting things is that a lot of the difficulty in uh, Farewell and in Core isn't, like, not understanding how to do something. It's just finding the precision to do it. Mm. Um, because, uh, and, like, there's certainly some of it that's like, wait, how do I do that? But you do, like, one or two tries and you realize what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Um, And you do not start out like that. Like, that is something that you get from playing Celeste or Bennett Foddy or other platformers for hundreds of hours. Yeah. And, you know, you just, like, get so used to the movement. Let's let's talk about the next one. Um, Unless you have anything else. All right. Which one is it? Uh, The Witness. I, I do not have anything else. Um, the other game I have not played. Uh, so, the witness is a. For those who don't know, it's a it's a two D and three D puzzle game by Jonathan Blow, who looks a whole lot like the Diogenes model in Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Someone uh, joked, some mm-hmm. some game reviewer joked that you play as Jonathan Blow in Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, and I am still laughing at that. Uh, you walk around and you solve puzzles and, uh, there is a mountain, um, that you are trying to get to the top of. Um, so uh, what's your, uh, what's your experience with this game, Joe? Um, my experience with it is that I have seen you and Sean struggle over it and I've watched some speed runs and some randomizers and shit like that. And... I am just, like, it. part of me understands that, like, it's the same as the argument b- from before, where you just, like, understand how the puzzles work, but holy shit, like, they make no sense to my child brain. So there's there's a kind of, like, basic view of this that I think, it, this is the one that I jumped to immediately, which is that in The Witness, when you're climbing the mountain, it's not a physical act, it's a mental one. You've got to hone your mental skills, which is true. But I think that there's a more interesting... Uh, aspect of the witness in terms of movement which is that your physical movement of your avatar in 3d to me is a really important part of the game that a lot of people i think overlook like 
many reviews say, oh, this could be a 2D iPhone puzzle game. And like a lot of a lot of reviews on like Steam that are like, why is this game so expensive? I would pay like five dollars for this as a 2D puzzle game on my iPhone. So the and my response to that is that I think that the 3D movement is also super important. And also there's some spoilery stuff that requires the 3D. Um, I actually know one of those things, um, shockingly enough. Which, uh, uh, what do you know? You might want to bleep this out um, or, or like put big spoiler warnings here for the witness. But uh, the shadows on the ground are puzzles themselves, right? Like for some of them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what I that hasn't actually revealed to me what you know, uh, because there's there could be two things that you're Fuck. talking about. What is what do you mean? Um, Are you talking about a I think, uh, like an area that's kind of like a like a crimson forest, and there are shadows on the puzzles. Yeah, and and like the shadows, the trees have puzzles. Okay, I don't think you've been spoiled. Actually, <laughs> me. I don't think you know the thing. It's shocking. Uh, but anyway, Incredible. The, the, I, 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 I still won't spoil it cause it's not oh the thing I want to talk about for this. Um, fair enough. Uh, so the, your, your, your movement in 3d is really important to me. It's fairly, or it's not slow, but it's, uh, you've got really limited movement. If that makes sense, there's invisible walls everywhere in the map like even like you'll often get caught on the corner of something that you would think you'd be able to just walk right over or you'll run into a bush and get stopped immediately you know Mm -hmm. like in one of those old school like ps2 racing games where you hit a bush and your car explodes um you uh you're very limited by the kind of contours of the landscape you're walking on and so whenever you're trying to, like, move upward, you have to, like, route it out, essentially. Um, although there are, like, clearly demarcated paths. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of the game and a lot of physically moving around the world of the game is just waiting on things to happen. There's a lot of elevators and uh, bridges that you have to wait for them to open up. Um, there's... In fact, some of the puzzle solving is is just waiting. There's one bit where there's audio puzzles and you have to wait for this audio to loop, which takes forever. Uh, notoriously, there's a puzzle in the game that Oof. that only involves waiting 50 minutes. Um, in fact, like there's a 99% uh, route on or 99% category in speedrun.com, which is the entire game except that puzzle. Uh, and then the 100% is the Incredible. entire game and that puzzle but uh so th- so my, my point is there's a whole lot of physically being restricted your movement being very restricted by invisible walls and waiting and i think that that's kind of part of the mental challenge of the witness and of climbing in the witness is that you are just sitting there and you have to le- like learn to recognize like this is just a video game i don't need to get so frustrated at how long things are taking. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. I don't know exactly how that totally relates to climbing now that I think about it. Um, when I'm thinking about the client, like another, I, well, sorry, go ahead. 
the way I would interpret it is just that, like, with Celeste and Benefati, like, you are physically climbing this thing. But with The Witness, you're just like, let me climb this. Like, I can see this. I can, you know, try to physically attempt this. But I'm being locked behind puzzles, which don't seem to relate. Whereas, like, yeah. in Celeste and Benefati, the puzzle is like, how do I physically move up this way? Yeah, because in The Witness, you can climb the mountain immediately. Like, you can just go up there. But it's really interesting that, to that like, from the playthroughs I've watched and it, people on Twitch and stuff, people don't just go up the mountain. Which is strange because it's very clearly like like the first time you complete a zone, there's a laser that points up to the top of the mountain. So few people go there. People are just like, oh, that's an endgame thing. I'll, I'll I'll wait until later to actually go up the mountain. Uh, which is really interesting to me because it's clear that the goal is to get to the top of the mountain. But no one, like so Incredible. few people try to do it until they've made some progress at the puzzles, which are unclear how it, that relates to climbing the mountain, even though that's the goal. I don't know, maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe people don't realize that climbing the mountain is the goal and they're just doing the puzzles because there are puzzles. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've got a very cohesive statement on The Witness. I just think it handles movement in an interesting way. Uh, and there's some interesting things about how people don't just go up the mountain, even though you can. Um, <laughs> it's right there you can do what you want yeah i actually like when i'm watching someone do it for the first time i, I kind of like encourage people to go up to the mountain because there there's some there's some stuff you can learn by going up there early on uh although of course you don't have to in fact i didn't go up the mountain until super late in the game uh or i guess not in my entire like playthrough of the game but super late in the like main story um anyway if people haven't played that game i really recommend it it's got some surprises uh sometime i think you should play it joe because I, right. I think you would like the whole i the whole thing of it like it's on my list of things to play. I just haven't gotten around to buying it yet. Yeah, it um, is it is money. And I'm really debating doing like a game night with you and Sean watching me play it blind. Um that, that'd be good. And just being like Joe's an idiot. Um That's the that's the one problem true. with with watching people my, my, play the winners. My mom is clapping and giving thumbs up. <laughs> Incredible. Let's uh um, <laughs> I, I I heard that. Uh let's uh let's um, move on to the next right. the next one. We got two What's more to next? go. Uh hatch. Alright. So this is a uh sorry, do you wanna do you wanna speak? What are your thoughts on hatch? I I, I wanna so my my thoughts are Finn was like, hey, um, I, I think you messaged me this yesterday. Like, have you played Hatch yet for the podcast episode? I was like, no, I was going to, like, try and play it tomorrow. Um, and Finn was like, you don't need to play much. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. So I'll probably, like, play, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of it. Um, 
and I played, like, all of ten minutes of it, and I was like, God, this game is, like, I, I don't want to say hard to control, but I, like, I just do not like uh, first-person stuff when the camera can, like, get, like, right up against a wall, and you're like, now what? Um, so I played, like, a very brief part of the game, uh, and I told Finn this, and he was like, you are fine, um, which is really incredible. Uh, I, I will describe my experience yes. with it, like, very briefly. Um, so, uh, you start the game hatching out of an egg. Um, and I know it's in the title, but I did not, not expect you're this. Like, when I was doing uh, it. Me, me neither. I, I was like, oh, it's it's going to be metaphorical. No. Uh, and then you hatch out of an egg. And I'm like, right, the game's done. Shut it down, boys. Um, and then, so, uh, you are in, like, this small room with a bunch of other eggs uh, that have hatched. And, you you know, there's only one opening. So you go to walk towards it. And then this weird shaman guy... Um, it's like, says, it's like very ancient too Egyptian. Long in the half sun's gaze. Yeah, yeah, he's very like odd looking, and um, I did not see him when I was walking. So the camera cutting to him and then back to me was very confusing until I figured out where he was. Yeah. Um, and then you walk a bit further, and then there's just like a dead body vibing on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you poke your head out, and you look up in in the sky, and sure enough, the sun is a, a semicircle, um, and while you spend time in sunlight, like, there's this uncomfortable buzzing, and your field of vision gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. until you go in the shade, um, and... There's a bunch of arches that you hide behind, and then... Well, it uh, should also be pointed big, out if you do spend too long, uh, I you, guess... Uh... You do die. Um, and, oh, you do die. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, back to your last I forgot point. to be clear on that. Yeah. Um, but you then meet this structure that, um, like, you have to, you know, you, you can't walk up it, so you have to climb it. Um, and you press space to jump, and you have moon jump. Like, you jump so high. Um, it is very interesting and then there's some there's a hieroglyph on the wall that's like if you throw yourself at the wall at this angle you go up but if you throw yourself at this angle you go down and that was where i was like you know i think i'm done like i'll play this later but already i have a lot to say on this world it's uh the only horror game in this uh in this set that i've curated here um i don't think I think you might have misinterpreted what the hieroglyph means. Uh, the hieroglyph Maybe. means that you can walk up any slope me. that is like a positive slope, and you cannot walk up any slope that is a negative slope. What? So the whole conceit of I the movement in this game stupid. is that any slope that, like, no matter how sle- steep, is is just as easy to walk up. So you, uh, anytime you see oh, that's, a slope that has that changed is my brain, super super steep. Even if it's just going up a little bit, as long as it's not going down, you just walk straight up it. Whereas any slope that's at all going down, you just are stopped. And the interesting, interesting. thing about this to me is that this, those two different types are textured exactly the same. And most, most of the game, you're pressed up against these very, very steep walls and you're making it the choice 
about which wall to kind of jump to and which way to go. You have to use, you have to estimate, is this wall going up or going down? And it's often really unclear because it's just so steep. Uh, and sometimes you make a, you fail and then you're falling down. And even when you are successfully attached to a really steep wall, it's very like physically uncomfortable. It feels like the wall is in your personal space and takes up so much of your field of view that moving around feels bad. Um, and also this whole time you have to be careful that you're not, uh, you have to like know the geometry of the, the surrounding geometry of the area. Cause if you accidentally get into the sunlight, you die. Um, it's, uh, let me see. Uh, oh yeah. So the other thing I wrote down in my notes here is that I think that the movement here is super, super intuitive, not as in, not as in like easy to understand and relates to how we do it in the real world, but intuitive as in you have to, most of this game is intuiting whether or not a surface is safe. Um, and, oh. and where exactly the sun is. Like you go, okay, yeah, that, that looks it, like it probably goes up and then you jump over there without knowing for sure. Um, yeah, the, the fact that I could not figure out what the hieroglyph was saying is credence to the fact that it is not intuitive as in it makes sense in the yeah. um, way you do real world. Yeah, movement. it for sure doesn't make um, sense. So like when is... you're, like you're often scaling these really, really... T- like tight cliffs and it's just this incredible sense like this very vertical sense if that makes if that makes sense i've sent sense so many times um yeah i i <laughs> like take the, a shot every yeah. time finn says if that makes sense like the way you're climbing in this game is it always feels like you're going to fall off but you have to trust that you're on a wall that is not going to have you fall off and uh it's it's scary. Mm. It's a scary game. Um, what else do I have here? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the the fact that it uh, did did not make sense when you were looking at it is is definitely evidence to how weird the movement is in this game. Also, something that I thought was really interesting about this is there's no option to change your uh, your mouse look around sensitivity. Uh, and on my computer, it was I pretty terrible. I tried so hard to find yeah, an option. That was like the first thing I did. I'm like, oh, this sucks. This sucks so much. And then I like tried to do it and I couldn't do it. So it forced me to kind of very like, I think, I think it is deliberate. I think that they really want you to do this, have this very uncomfortable movement so that you are like, uh, in a similar way to getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Like it's it's just a bad time until you get it. And then once you get it and hatch, you're just jumping back and forth like Mario wall kept kicking up walls and you know what you're doing. And then something really interesting happens, which is you get so high that the sun, and this doesn't make sense to me because I, th- I, th- I think it'd be the opposite, but the sun goes down over the horizon because you're so high up. Um, I don't know how that happens. Okay. It, I would think that it'd be the doesn't opposite. quite make sense, but but somehow it yeah. somehow it does happen, and you're just it's just no longer a problem. The sun is, and you can just go everywhere. And halfway up the mountain in Patch, the game totally switches from you're trying to avoid the sun and you're climbing up these steep things to you're doing parkour. 
because now you're out in the open and you're just on these platforms that are like flying through the air or hovering in the air and you're just going between them and it's just can you make this jump and then often you're jumping to like a pillar and you have to be like okay which of these which face of this pillar is the one that is has a positive slope where all the rest of them will have a negative slope um and it becomes much more of a parkour game than a horror game and it's also very bright up there as well um whereas everywhere else down in the kind of tower of the mountain it's very dark uh but yeah, hatch hatch to me was a very unusual feeling of movement. It felt like I was in an alien body the whole time. And like it was just a very uncomfortable sensation. And so mm. climbing in hatch was kind of learning in a similar way to getting over it with Venet Potty, learning to kind of adapt to this kind of body that you're that you that your avatar is in. Or the body that is your avatar, I mean. Um, and how to kind of navigate the way that the world works, which is you're constantly trying to keep in your mind what direction the sun is. You're constantly trying to judge what surfaces are graspable and which aren't. Which actually feels a little bit more like what I imagine real mountain climbing to be, right? You're, you're always looking for handholds. One would imagine. Um so, yeah. I, I do not mountain climb, so I, I cannot I do not speak either. with any authority. However, I, I have lived on a mountain for uh, most of my life, so I, I have that kind of experience of going up and down mountains a lot. Um, so that's Hatch. We have one more game. This is a long podcast episode, but uh, I think we've had some interesting thoughts. Um, I with, hope so. Our final game is A Short Hike. Uh, this is a game that Joe and I are both fans of. I think you're a fan of it. You, you 100% I, I love this game. It's very good. Uh, I did. Let me, let me read my notes here to remind myself. Yeah. A short hike in, in a lot of ways, I think is a lot is kind of the opposite of hatch and the witness and its movement system. It's just like you start out with just like really good feeling movement and it like, there's no consequence for falling down. There's just like so many things to do wherever you go. Um, and as you progress through the game, the movement just gets more and more satisfying. Not, not only because you're getting better at it, but because you get, you pick up these feathers that make your character lighter. So you kind of bound around. Um, uh, it's not like a, a physics lighter. It's like a, you have more, you can flap your wings more often. You are a bird in a short hike, unlike Hatch when you hatch out of an egg and you are a human. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, I, I also think what's... I, you, you go ahead. Oh, hold on. Did I interrupt you? No. Oh. Um, I think what I really like about a short hike uh, is that it has... Uh, it, it just has like a bevy of options where it tells you, hey, go climb to this mountain. Your end goal mm-hmm. is you're expecting a call from someone. I don't think it's stated it's your, uh, who it it's is your, at the it's beginning. Your mom. But, oh yeah, I don't know if it is at the beginning. Yeah, I, I don't remember if, um, spoilers, it is your mother that is calling you. Um, but you're expecting a call and you don't have cell service and they... That you could get cell service at the very top of the mountain. Um, 
and you are told, this is where the name of it comes from, that it is, like, a short hike, uh, you should be fine, like, it's not too hard. Uh, and so, if you are like me, or like Finn, um, and you kind of are adventurous and you talk to everyone, uh, you learn about climbing, and about golden feathers, um, and... Uh, which help you, like, flap your wings and give you stamina to climb. Um, There's also all sorts of flying mechanics, too. If you try to... We can, like, dive all around. Um, But even if you just... Yeah. Um, But even if you just, like, go straight for the mountain, you will find that you cannot climb it, that you have to have more stamina. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of forces you to explore, even if you, like don't want to um but the characters in it are just like very cool um i like talking to them there's absolutely Uh, no villain in this game there's no conflict either yeah something that i thought was like the one quote antagonist would be um yeah just the one antagonist would be like maybe the guy who sells you golden feathers for like more money than they're theoretically worth but even he is like very sympathetic yeah um and like it makes sense why he's doing stuff so yeah it's just a fun game to play around in uh i think that that's the best way of putting it is it feels like you're playing around for me when i was doing it i was i i was like the whole beginning of it i was like because you're told you should go up the mountain and i kept on going okay i'll do the mountain after i do this and then I kept on just like going around doing more and more quests yeah. and like not actually attempting the mountain. And by the time I attempted the mountain, I had so much stamina that it just like was not a challenge at all. Yeah. Um, and it's like if you're playing the game, anything like me, the mountain, when you get to it, just feels like just another kind of thing to play around with and to enjoy. It doesn't there's no sense of challenge, really. Like there's a little bit of puzzle solving with the feathers freezing, but it's not hard. It's just, do I go this way? Oh, that wasn't the right way to go. And then you find the right way and it's fine. But like the whole, the movement in a short hike is just totally just like, it makes you think, why don't, like you can do whatever in video games. Why don't they all have this easy movement? That's just so fun. And then you realize that the value of art is not just enjoyment. Uh, And you can also get enjoyment out of difficult things. Uh, But uh yeah, it's just a so much fun and the climbing like in most of these other games the climbing climbing is treated as this challenge and this achievement you must un, like overcome. Whereas in a short hike it's just this fun thing to do and when you get up there you get to see some cool sights and chat with your friends and and talk with your mom on the phone. And it's just like it's like you're in this just wonderful world that the rest of the games don't have. So it's it's kind of less realistic than the other games, but it's more. I don't know where that sentence was going. It's very fun. <laughs> I um, yeah. It it which is like not to say that Celeste or anything else isn't fun. Like Celeste yeah. is probably my favorite game ever. Ooh. But like a short hike is just, um, you get to like flap your bird arms around and you get to do stuff. Um. And especially, like, if you're like me, where um, I went to climb the mountain after, like, some exploration, but I didn't see everything. 
So one of the really fun things was like to go grab other feathers and yeah. find some other secrets and then to like climb up the mountain again and you just fucking speed run it, dude. Like you zoom. Um and it's like so much fun. Yeah. Uh, a short hike is kind of like a power fantasy, not just in your movement, but also in just like the way that people are super cool and everyone is friends with everyone. It's, I guess it's just a fantasy in general. Um, shoot, that sounded very nihilistic. Uh, (laughs) I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a very idealized, uh, version of the world which is very gratifying to play around in and makes you want to go out and explore the world in real life. Um, there was one more thing I, was, I wanted to say. It's the perfect game to play during quarantine. Um, what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So, like, in other games with quests, like, I, I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online. I just like get so little out of the quests. It's all it's just like, oh, go over here and talk to this person, go over here and talk to this person, and they just like relay out the plot to you and your actual like agency is non existent. In a short hike, like the same thing happens. Like you just go different places and you talk to people and they relay out the plot to you. But because the movement is so much fun, I was like, I have to do every quest. I have to help out every person. I have to, because it's an excuse to go around and it's like, they do reward you with giving you more feathers. So your movement is easier, but that's not why I did it. It was because like, it's just so much fun due to the movement system. I think like if that game had shitty Um, movement, I think like, it would be game over. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think my favorite part of uh, a short hike is uh, beach stickball um, which is literally the the entire premise is that uh, you are playing a game with a small child and it's with a volleyball and you hit with a stick and it's like it's you know playing volleyball in the same way that you got to get it over to the other person and it can't hit the ground yeah. uh, and stuff like that but like just running around and doing it, like, is so much fun. Yeah. If, if we're thinking about what this game says about mountain climbing or how it portrays mountain climbing, it, like, in Celeste, mountain climbing is, like, like, this is a representation of your inner struggles and this is a challenge. Like, this is when you overcome the mountain, you have overcome your inner demons a short hike reminds us that you can do challenging things just for the fun of it and they don't have to have metaphorical implications and you can just you can just do things it's kind of i guess it is kind of like some sort of optimistic optimistic nihilism if if you've seen that kurgasat video or it might be a veritasian video um, all right i have said all i need to say I have also said all I need to say. It's time for us to done. to shut down. Goodbye. No, uh, let's do the plugs. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I, was, I was about to say, if you hit stop recording right now, I will reach through the ethernet and <laughs> throttle you. No, that would have been the power move. Uh, I'm not that powerful. That's my mountain. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to plug or do you want me to plug? Um, I'll see if I remember it this time. Uh, so we've got a Reddit. 
uh, or I mean a subreddit, r slash rules and fiction, yes. where you can, if you have any comments on an episode, just put them there. We have an email, um, which is foolsandfiction at gmail.com. Our, uh, I guess our, uh, our fantasy sona is Barbara Smith, which is what uh, Gmail has named our email for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. uh, listen to other podcasts on the, oh, I must have the Max Fun Network. No, that's the, that's the Bam Bam is on the Max Fun Network. We're on the William and Mary Network at uh, spreaker.com slash user slash PNWM. Um, leave us a rating yep. and or review on iTunes at iTunes. Um, or it might be the podcast app, in fact. Uh, if you want to be on the show, it is one of the two. let us know. Uh, we might have a Patreon in the future. It's in the near future. Um, so that, that'll be a, a plug to um, add on. Plugs! That's the word us. we couldn't remember last week. I just remembered. Remember we were trying to remember, or, oh, or not last week, bitch, but two weeks ago. Right. Plug, plug. That's the word. All of the proceeds from our Patreon will be put towards making us fucking intelligent so we can run this podcast better. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I can't believe we fucking forgot. I literally tried to um, think about it for like half an hour after we ended the episode and I couldn't do it. I, I did not know what the word was. God damn it. Right. We're both idiots. All right. Um, I think you did all the plugs right. Uh, I think I did too. Man. All right, that's a first. Um, we. What is our topic for next time? Oh, I got no idea. Do you have an idea? Uh oh. No. <laughs> the, the, the way tuned, that the lag happened, listeners. it, it oh, went. Wait. I have no idea, and then you said, "Do you have an idea?" I wonder if that'll come through on the recording, or if that was just <laughs> my latency. Okay. <laughs> God. Either way, that'd be great. Um, I think the only thing we haven't talked about um, that I know we said we wanted to recently was... Did we talk about JoJo's? Yes. Fuck. All right, that then was surprisingly I don't know what we're going to be doing. to know Ooh. in my mind. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Fun mystery talk we'll see. Um, next time. Tune in for that. Ooh, also. But yeah. Or no, um, never mind. I'm not going to start. Never mind. Oh. All, all will Don't be revealed in time. Because I'm about to end the listener. I'll, I'll, I'll tell Joe what I was about to say after, the, after, the, after, after you all are ended. Okay. Please, for the love of God, turn the podcast off.